We're very thankful today to be joined by Miley Smith. She is with the Illinois Policy Institute. Miley, thanks for your time. Thank you for having me. So we want to talk today about uh, the Illinois Policy Institute's perspective on Amendment 1. There's been a lot of advertising uh, people have been seeing on various Internet outlets and television uh, talking about this particular question that's going to be on the ballot on November the 8th. So, Miley, would you give us some background? What exactly is Amendment 1? Yeah, this is a really important issue. This is the first thing that is going to be on people's ballots when they vote in this upcoming election. And Amendment 1 is a first-of-its-kind constitutional amendment that will drive up taxes and will cement Illinois' reputation as one of the worst places in the nation to do business. And what is not being told in the media or in the in the commercials that you see is that this amendment actually has four provisions. Um, the first is that it grants a fundamental right to unionize, but it can only apply to state and local government workers. Um, and that's because federal or because the federal government already covers private sector workers. So a lie that is being told to is that this applies to everyone when it can only apply to state and local workers. Another thing that it does is it expands bargaining for government unions beyond the typical things that um, are negotiated, like wages and benefits. It it expands it to include broad new subjects um, like economic welfare. That's never been defined, so we don't know just how broadly the government unions will try to apply that. And then it prohibits lawmakers as the people's representatives from ever changing it. They can't fix it. So if later down the line, um, lawmakers realize, wow, we created this incredibly broad right for government unions to negotiate over subjects like housing allowances, like Chicago Teachers Union has tried to do, or they've tried to defund the police. We want to pull back and say, you know, X, Y, Z subjects aren't available for negotiating. They can't do that because of the language in this amendment that prohibits them from doing so. And then finally, the very last part is the only part that can apply to the private sector, and that's a ban on right to work. But the majority of this can't apply to the private sector. um, And among the many consequences that we will see is that it will drive up taxes. And, And that's because government union contracts already cost money. Um, This is going to lead to increased government union demands, which will drive up the cost of those contracts, which will be passed on to the taxpayers. And that's what's really at stake with this amendment and and the story that's not being told. Miley Smith from the Illinois Policy Institute is with us. I want to revisit the third provision you're talking about, one that I didn't realize until you just said it. So you're saying that if this passes, that the General Assembly could not repeal it? They could not repeal this amendment. To change this amendment at all, we would have to go through an entire amendment process again. So, for example, lawmakers could not limit the length of government union contracts. And we've seen in Illinois, in a school district, in Chicago, government contracts that are 10 years long. So there's a specific provision that says no law shall be passed that interferes with negates or diminishes the rights 
um, to organize and bargain collectively over all of these things, wages, hours, and terms and conditions of employment, um, et cetera. So what that means is that if something touches on government unions or government union contracts, lawmakers are prohibited in our constitution, if this passes, from changing anything about that. So that includes like the length of the contracts, the subjects that can be negotiated. Um, it includes the right to strike. Um, they couldn't, government unions would have a permanent right to walk out and shut down government services if this amendment passes and lawmakers wouldn't be able to do anything about it. I think you also mentioned economic welfare. So how does economic welfare differ or do you know from wages and benefits? Shouldn't the two essentially be one and the same? That's what you would think. And we don't know exactly what that means because it's never been tried before. It's not in any of our labor laws. It's not, other states have not done this. It's not in the National Labor Relations Act. And you're exactly right. As an attorney, I know that wages, hours, terms and conditions of employment, those have meanings that have been defined. When lawmakers, when, when they put this additional subject, economic welfare, into this amendment, you know, like just as interpreting it, that has to mean something different. That means something different than what's already part of wages and compensation. So I, you know, I know that this is at the complete other (laughs) north side of the state, but Chicago Teachers Union has tried to negotiate affordable housing. They have tried to get into their contracts um, a commitment from the city to take certain legislative stances like on rent abatement and um, they've tried to get the city to defund the police and and defund banks and all of these things could potentially be linked to so-called economic welfare Um, it's basically writing a blank check to government unions to push the envelope and um, you know try to get very broad sweeping provisions into their contracts under the guise of economic welfare. Miley Smith from the Illinois Policy Institute is with us. Uh, Miley, do you know if there are any poll numbers on this question? I've not seen any reported. I have not seen anything reported at this point in time. And it is something that is really flying under the radar, I think, of most people. Um, It's not getting the attention that the progressive income tax received a couple years ago. And I think that's by design. I think that when when voters go in, they're going to see this language. Um, It looks very... Uh, innocuous like who would it be for workers rights that's the way it looks and so I think that this is all part of the misleading nature of this to get people to vote for something that they think means one thing they think it's going to provide rights to all workers but it really doesn't this is like I said it's a it's a tax increase in disguise it is aimed at promoting the power of government unions not workers, not other unions, really, um, just government union leaders. And I think the reason we're not seeing much about it is they want this to fly under the radar and trick people into voting for it. And you can find a article about Amendment 1 on Illinois Policy Institute's website, illinoispolicy.org. It's the top story among a uh, number of stories that you can find at the Illinois Policy Institute's website. 
Uh, Miley, anything else on your radar screen that's worth mentioning today, whether it's about this or anything uh, else on the uh, November ballot? I think it's just that, you know, when people go in and they are voting, just to remember that this is not about workers' rights. This is about government union leaders, and it is going to raise everyone's taxes. Um, It's going to make the cost of government go up, and that is going to be passed on to the taxpayers. It might be in the form of gas taxes. It could be in the form of income taxes. Um, Most likely, it's going to be property taxes. And we've already seen 24 new taxes and fees since Pritzker took office. Um, This is something Illinois does not need. We already have the second highest property taxes in the nation. We have very broad protections for both government workers and private sector workers. They don't need this. Um, and that's something that people need to keep in mind. No one will be hurt if this doesn't pass, but everyone will see their taxes go up if it does pass. Miley Smith has been our guest today from the Illinois Policy Institute. Miley, thanks for the time. Have a great day. Thank you.